Well, welcome to The Impact of Leadership. This is Patrick Booth. I am the CEO of IOL, also known as Impact of Leadership, and I'm glad you're here. So I've been doing a new series called Leadership Exposed. I hope you've been able to listen to a few episodes. We've had three. This is the fourth episode. And so I want to do real quick, in case you this is your first time, I want to make sure make you feel welcome. So why am I doing this? Well, I've been in a lot of different leadership roles here at CCB Technology, which is another company I own. And I would love to talk to you about that sometime when you have IT needs. But basically, I've been able to learn since 2006, all the way up to 2023 right now on how to lead different teams. Now, each role that I have been given has required a new level of leadership. And I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I'm sure if you've been in leadership, you have as too. But we live in a world where people don't feel like we can be honest with each other. We feel like we have to always be perfect. Every post, every picture, got to crop this, got to do a filter for that. I don't know. It just lives in a world where we can't be real. And this whole focus of this series is to be real. I'm going to tell you where I failed. So in episode one, I talked about bad hires that I've made. And I gave a couple different examples in that one. So check that out. Episode two was also a bad hire, but it was, are you a BSer? Uh, this was somebody that I came in and wowed me uh, with their amazing ability, which was wonderful. But at the end of the day, it was a problem and it ended up being very destructive in our organization. Uh, number three was good bosses versus great bosses. Um, yeah, there is a difference. And I have been I think mostly a good boss. And I think once in a while, I've been able to be a great boss, maybe on a special day. I don't know what I ate that day, but it gave me an opportunity to be a great boss. And then today, what are we going to be talking about? Well, I'm going to be focusing and putting the spotlight on me. Poor leadership traits. Yep. This is where I promised. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to tell you where I've messed up. So there's three categories that I have whiteboarded today on what I want to talk to you about. So what are they? Well, where I failed as a leader in my poor leadership traits. Number one, lack of emotional intelligence. Number two, strong passiveness. And then number three, being too nice. What did he just say? Yeah, there is such a thing that if you're too nice, it can lead to problems. All right. Now I'm going to break down each one, give you some examples, share some really unfortunate, embarrassing stories of things that I've done wrong and maybe some things and where I think I've learned. So here, let's get into it. So what are we talking about when we talk about emotional intelligence? Well, one, I really think that emotional intelligence is as a leader is that you're able to work with your team and understand how you're leading them. So it's self-awareness. How is the team viewing you? Are they seeing you as an encourager? Are they seeing you as a dictator? Do you listen? Do you give them ideas? Are you there when they need you or are you just disappearing? As I always say in my house, man, are you guys Clark Kent? Because every time we need you, you disappear, right? And, uh, And then there's a lack of empathy. Do you really care? Like people can tell when you're faking it, right? And the next one is good listener. Do you stop and listen or are you constantly talking where they don't even have a chance to get words in there and tell you how they're feeling? Also, uh, emotional intelligence is handling conflict. So let's let's go back because that was a lot, okay? Um, number one, if you have emotional intelligence, you're self-aware of how you come across to your team and to others. Number two, you have empathy. You can put yourself in other people's shoes. Number three, you're a good listener. You can actually take time and hear what people are saying and they appreciate that you're doing that. And then number four, you actually handle conflict when it comes up. You don't avoid it. All right, so let's talk about the dirty stuff of where I have made mistakes on all of these four things, okay? Self-awareness. Yeah, I have messed this up a lot in my career. 
where I feel like I just shoot something off the hip off of how I'm feeling right there. Feelings, uh, they're, they're important to have, but they should not be leading you as a leader. Um, what I have, I've dealt my feelings, good and bad. When I'm really excited about somebody, they love it when my emotion comes out. When I'm really frustrated with somebody, they do not like it when my emotions come out. And what have I learned from that? Well, I've learned my words are like gold in somebody's heart, or it can be like an anchor on somebody's neck. Now, I've never had an anchor on my neck, but I have definitely felt the weight of something heavy on my back, on my shoulders when I'm carrying something, and it doesn't feel good, not at all. And I think sometimes as leaders, we're unaware of how we make people feel when we just shoot something out. And I understand that sometimes there can be a good moment when we shoot that out there, but most of the time, it's not positive. So you got to be aware of how your team is viewing you when you walk into a room. Do Are they excited that you're in there? Are they dreading that you're in there? You've got to ask some questions, which is really embarrassing and really hard to ask them like, how do you see me? How do you view my leadership? Where do I fail? Where do I do well with you? See, that comes from one-on-one conversations or going out to lunch with somebody or even doing a review where they get to give you feedback. Now, again, they have to feel like they're in an environment that they can be uh, trusted, that this won't come back on them. So you have to really invite this conversation. And most importantly, you have to be ready to hear it. Yikes, that's not easy. So I'm not telling you I've got it figured out. Nope, not even close. But I do think over the years, I've learned to try to invite the conversation from time to time when I really feel like I need to be aware of how I'm coming across In 2022, 75% of organizations were hit with a successful email attack. One in four organizations had at least one email account compromised. One million dollars was the average total cost of a successful email attack, and 69% of ransomware attacks begin with an email. As of 2020, Microsoft 365 is the most targeted platform by hackers. Now, that's a problem, but beyond that, A lot of the solutions out there are cost prohibitive for you and they're complex because you don't want to be an IT person anyways. So here's a solution for you. You need something that's going to be proactively monitoring, alerting, and remediating the problem, giving you guidance on Office 365, Microsoft 365 to help ensure that security incidences happen less and they don't go unnoticed or unmitigated, which is what's going to happen. So CCB Technology, who is sponsoring this episode, bringing to you a solution. They are bringing a solution to you. They call it Essential Security, 365 Essential Security. You, All you have to do as the client is you give them some access to your 365 account. They activate the service across your entire 365 environment. CCB implements dozens of curated rules from their global security ops team. And then CCB monitors, investigates, and provides guidance in the event of an incident. You need security. Protect your business. Protect your people. Go to ccbtechnology.com, fill out the form, and let them know that you want to take advantage of CCB's 365 Essential Security offering. Number two, empathy. Do you really care? People can tell when you're faking it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, how's your kids? How are you? And they're not even listening to you. They're not. 
they're, they're working on their email. They're taking notes on something else. I don't know. Maybe they're looking at their agenda, what they want to uh, do today when that meeting with you. But people can tell when you're faking it. For instance, here's an example where I think I've messed up on it, where I'm talking to somebody, but I totally drift out of the conversation. And I say something like, oh, really? Oh, that's, that's too bad. Well, if they stopped and said, did you just hear what I said? I couldn't answer it. And, and I, I've really worked on this. I, I want to say I've been fortunate to have people be honest with me, again, an environment of trust, where somebody told me, Patrick, when you're on your laptop, it feels like you aren't listening to me. And I understand you're busy and you got a lot of things to do, but when I'm talking to you, can you look at me? Can you just make eye contact and know I can know that you are hearing my words? Yikes, that, that was a really good moment for me to grow up and, and to understand how I made people feel, which leads to number three, are you a good listener? So number two and number three are really important. Empathy is, do you, can you put yourself in people's shoes? I understand as we, you know, get grow, move forward and as you get promoted into new positions, you might forget what it's like to be at the bottom. You might forget what it's like to actually be in the trenches out there, cold calling, going into businesses. Uh, I've done that myself. You've got to be able to put yourself back in their shoes and understand where they might be struggling. And guess what? Here's a big, big thing you need to understand. Are you ready for it? They're not you. They're not me. They're not somebody that has maybe figured it out because they're going through it right now. I mean, if life wasn't uh, about just learning as you go, we would all make perfect you know, decisions all the time. We don't, we make mistakes. That's how we learn. That's how we get better. And that's why you're wiser in your role, in your position right now, years ahead of somebody because they haven't gone through it. So you have to be able to understand where they're coming from, but you have to be willing to listen to them, not just talk to them, not just give ideas, not just bark orders at them. You've got to be able to listen. Um, I truly believe God's given us two ears and one mouth. Well, that's a significant number right there. So do a little bit more listening, a little bit less talking. You might really uh, show some great strength as a leader when you do that. And lastly, handling conflict, being uh, firm, but being loving. Don't avoid the awkward situations that you need to address. And again, I'm not good at this. I like everyone to get along. It's not that S is my leading trade in DISC, but it's something that I really don't like drama and I don't like tension. So I'll avoid maybe an awkward moment in order to make sure we all get along. But inside, man, I'm, I'm struggling and I just don't say anything. Well, not saying anything is just as bad, I think. So you've got to be able to be able to handle the conflict, but handle it well, loving and firm. So, you know, some examples where I messed up. Let me give you a story because I love stories. So hopefully this will entertain you. I remember one day, um, one of my uh, leaders was out of town and, and I went to lunch with one of their employees. And I thought, oh, I'm going to motivate this person. I'm going to really put a fire underneath them and to get them excited to want to do their job and go get it because they were struggling. Well, that did not happen. I'll tell you what did happen is I lit a fire under the person and I lit a fire for them to quit. Yeah, we found out over a long weekend that the person said, yep, I can't come back. I had a family situation. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll let you guys know in a couple of days when I'll be back. Well, we never heard from them. So I followed back up with them and said, hey, what's going on? Are you coming back? Because, you know, it's been a couple of days and we had a long weekend and I know you had family stuff, but I just need to have a plan. What's going on? And the person's like, yeah, I'm not coming back. And I had to look at that situation and be like, oh my gosh, my words drove this person to quit. Now, I think in the end, it was probably the best decision for them to, to find something different. But, you know, it wasn't good that I wasn't even the leader of that person. 
And so when the, the leader did come back, I had to explain things. And, you know, he had a good questions like, what happened in that lunch? I was like, I don't know. I, I try to motivate him. Well, as that leader talked to that uh, employee and found out a little bit more, it turns out it was my talk. It was my fire, my harsh words that got him to say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work for your boss's boss, basically. And that's me. So that was hard. So you got to know your words are like gold or an anchor around somebody's neck. I'm not saying avoid the truth. I'm saying choose your words wisely. Okay. Next thing, let's talk about strong passiveness. Oh man, this is something that I've done where I've avoided conflict. I've uh, avoided accountability. I've avoided firing people. I've avoided speaking directly to the person who was involved. Well, what's that called? Uh, gossip. Yep. My strong passiveness has caused problems. So when, let's go back through these, just like we did the first one. Uh, avoid conflict. That's ignoring the issue. You know that there's a problem and you are choosing to ignore it. Okay. This happened with one of my employees. Well, I was the boss and I was ignoring it. Um, let's just say the person's name's Lisa. I don't think we've ever had a Lisa work for us. And we've had, I, I apologize. I use that name, but this is not that person's name in the situation. But Lisa was clearly a manager who had problems with her team and they would not do well with emotional intelligence. They would not hold people fairly accountable. Uh, they were a strong leader and they did make sure that they understood what they had to get done and they were there to help them for sure. But there was this flip-flop of accountability depending on if you were getting along with that person, was accountability enforced? And this was just something that was done over and over. And I knew about it. Uh, I would I would talk to different people or I would hear about it through HR or if somebody coming to somebody saying, hey, we got to talk about this. And the bottom line is I didn't want to deal with it because I was just happy that I had a leader in that position that could do a role that I had no knowledge how to do. And so you avoid conflict. It only leads to more cracks in the foundation. Ignoring the issue does not bring anything or any company success because you've got to address it. And that means also having accountability. You've got to be able to tell people where the problem is, where they're not hitting the mark and hold them accountable. You've got to give them deadlines. You've got to explain to them what's in your head. They can't read your mind. So you have to tell them what you want. That also avoids them being you know, disappointed or frustrated with you when you give feedback after they just worked on something for maybe a month. And then you're like, yeah, that's not what I wanted. Well, you needed to talk to them about that by you being passive and not telling them what you wanted and not giving them clear instructions. Well, you just avoided giving them good accountability and what they needed to do. And now they just led to more frustrations. Next one is avoiding firing. You know, this is something that I don't like to fire anybody. It never feels good. I've, I, I've had somebody lie to me, break trust, and I still feel bad about firing them. I was about to say guilty, but no, I just feel bad because they're a person and there's nothing wrong with that because you should have human feelings. But sometimes I've avoided firing people and I've just put them in different positions. We've moved people around department to the different department to different jobs. And ultimately it wasn't a good fit and I knew it, but I just didn't want to cause any conflict. I wanted to be passive. I would just wanted to make everyone happy. And so I avoided firing somebody. When somebody's not a fit in your team, you just need to make the good decision and just be kind to them, be loving to them, but let them go. Let them go find something that fits better for them. Don't just keep putting them in roles that don't fit, okay? 
And lastly, and this is embarrassing, but it's truthful, avoiding speaking to the person, but then telling other people, yep, I've done that. I have done that. That is called gossip. Uh, Dave Ramsey has said that unless somebody has the authority to fix the problem, don't go talk to them about your issue because that's just gossip and gossip is toxic to an organization. So I've done this where I have expressed or vented to somebody who has no authority to fix the problem. And then um, I, I don't think it's always gotten back to that person, but still I know the guilt I feel that I talk to somebody. So one of the things I've had to learn is, listen, stop being passive. If you've got a problem or you feel like there's something that has to be addressed, go to that person directly. Don't go tell every person and their brother and avoid telling that person. That's being passive. Go be direct. Go be with loving. Be firm. Be clear. Is to be kind. As we've heard from our friend Donna Miller on Story Brand, you got to look at that. It's a great book, but you got to be clear. And they cannot read your mind or your heart. All right. Lastly, and I know we're, we're into this kind of long, but being too nice. Um, what does that mean? How can you be too nice? Well, when you're too nice and you don't understand your position as being a manager, a boss, people start seeing you as a friend. And I am all about having good relationships between manager and employee, but there's a difference between being a boss and being a friend. And what happens is boundaries get blurred. And inappropriate comments are made, inappropriate um, things are said about other departments, and maybe people come to you because you're the nice guy, but they don't even work in your department. And that kind of goes back to the last one where, you know, now people are, you're, you're encouraging people to come gossip to you because you're listening to them. You know, at the end of the day, I've had a lot of people come to me over the years. And some of it was because I was a younger leader at times and I was kind of new and they were like, hey, what do you think of this? And I always tried to do my best to say, you really go talk to your manager. Um, but I probably should have been better about it because I was too nice and I heard things that I shouldn't have heard and people said things too loosely to me because I, the, the boundaries were blur. So again, you can be a friend, but make sure they understand you are a leader and that that comes first. And I've, I've had other people in the department or in different departments say to other people, listen, I can't go to lunch to you, with you and talk to you about these things anymore because I'm in a leadership role and that just would be wrong. That was awesome. That's how you're supposed to do it. I wish I would have been able to think about that, but I learned from other people. Other thing of being too nice is lack of urgency. Oh, it's just going to work out. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, I just get to it whenever you feel like it. You're being too nice. You're not being a good boss. You're not being a great boss. You're being a friend. That's what friends just say. Oh yeah, just stop over whenever you feel like it. No, you've got to make sure the boundaries are clear, that there is a urgency that is known. And then most importantly, you need to bring functional uh, trust to your teams. Being too nice can lead to many dysfunctional. In fact, Patrick Lencioni has a great book. If you haven't read it, you got to, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And he's got a pyramid that talks about what are these five dysfunctions or what is five things that you should have in order to be healthy. Uh, the bottom one is trust. You can't have a base of a pyramid without it being trust. Everyone has to feel like they can come talk to you. There has to be a, a place of being vulnerable they can admit mistakes. The next level is conflict. Right above trust is conflict. People have to know that they can actually speak up when something doesn't fit well. You don't want to have uh, artificial harmony. You want to dig for the truth and you want to be able to have people be able to have healthy conflict or productive debate, whatever you want to call it. But they have to be able to sit in a room and disagree, but do it respectfully. Next is commitment. 
You want to be able to have people buy in, not just tell them what they have to do. You want them to have their voices heard. Um, you want to be able to listen to them, but you also want them to buy in. But that's through commitment. And that when a team has trust, conflict, and commitment, you're rocking. The next one is accountability. Yes, you still have to be able to confront the difficult issues. You got to be able to talk about it. That comes down to the, you know, do we trust each other? Can we have productive debate? Do I feel like I'm heard? Yes, now accountability. Will you do what you say you're going to do, which is the top one, which is results. You've got to be able to have a declaration of your goals. You have to be able to have rewards to drive people. But this is how success is done. I have made a lot of mistakes over the years. And a lot of this come down as I've looked at it is a lack of emotional intelligence, being a very passive leader, and being too nice. I share these things with you and Leadership Exposed because I want you to be better than me. That's the number one goal here. I have no other motive than to help you learn from my mistakes. I truly appreciate you listening today. We believe at the Impact of Leadership IOL that no one drifts into excellence. You've heard Steve Shear say that many times, and we truly believe that. You have to be intentional with purpose of where you're going as a leader. We do this leadership podcast because we care We want you to know you're not alone. Maybe you've been a leader for a long time and you're feeling burnout. We want to be there for you. Or you just are getting promoted into a new leadership role and you're not sure what to do right versus what to do wrong. Well, we've been doing this for a while. We can help you with this. We have over two decades of experience in leadership roles that we can help you with that. Just please reach out and let us know what you're facing and we would be more than happy to work with you. Again, at IOL, we believe in three promises. We want to equip you, we want to connect you, and we want to have fun with you. This is the Impact of Leadership brought to you by CCB Technology. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great time. Bye-bye. Okay, so takeaways and action items. First of all, takeaways. You're not going to be able to lead people very well If you don't know how to lead yourself, start with yourself. Put your own gas mask on. Not gas mask. Shoot. Takeaways and action items. First of all, the takeaways. Lead yourself first before you try to lead others. It sounds simple. It's not easy. Put your oxygen mask on first. It's not selfish to know yourself before you try to lead others. It's wise. If you try to lead other people before you know yourself and get yourself coached up, it's going to be a replication of the issues that are already existing with yourself. So you're never going to be perfect, but a takeaway from Patrick's episode today is know yourself before you lead others. Action item, do something about it. There is a way to navigate your personality bend and leading people well. If you are a driver or on the disc assessment, you're a D, you wanna get things done. That doesn't mean you have to steamroll people immediately. It doesn't mean you have to be heartless. Um, And it also doesn't mean that you have to be unengaged in people's personal lives. It doesn't have to be that way, but you gotta know yourself first. If you are an S or a C or an I, whatever, you don't have to have that excuse. You can be yourself and meet people where they are. Trust as the foundation of every functional team, as Patrick talked about, you got to have trust. Know yourself first, lead people well by building trust. One resource that I would offer up 
is a gentleman that's been on the podcast several times. You can listen to my episodes with him. His name is Todd Bolsinger. And uh, several of his books are phenomenal. One in particular that I want to mention here is Canoeing the Mountains. Canoeing the Mountains. It follows, it parallels the story of Lewis and Clark. And when they got to the Lemhi Pass, every map that they had told them that they were going to hit a waterway. And they didn't. They hit the Rocky Mountains. So now what do you do? The map has ended. And I'm giving it all away, but not really because the book's fantastic. Three things go into transformational leadership. And again, this goes into Lewis and Clark's story. Number one, technical competence. You know how to do your job. Number two, relational congruence. You are who you are, regardless of the situation that you're in. And number three, adaptive capacity. What do you do when the map ends. Well, if you like what you heard, I have a simple ask. Send it to someone. We want to bring value to more folks like you, but we don't know your friends and your family. So we need your help to get the message out. Hit the three dots in whatever application you're in right now. Click copy or text or whatever it is and send the link to someone else. And if you want to comment or review, that's great as well. Hit the five star thing. If you enjoyed this, it gives us encouragement, but it also gets the message out to more people. Scroll down in whatever app you're using currently and look for the all caps words show notes. You'll find more links uh, to follow up with IOL, but also to Todd's uh, resources that I mentioned before. We've got over 130 episodes, just like the one you listen to today in our podcast library and over 75 blogs with practical leadership lessons. Again, check the show notes, hit those links for more. Now, I can't wait to be with you again soon, but until then, from us at the Impact of Leadership, thanks for listening.